Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about the Maoist mindset runs America, the military warns America and Space Force out, and Israel, a litmus test for integrity. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I called this First Five, and you know, I don't use these terms lightly, but I call this First Five the Maoist Mindset Running America. And Maoist is referring, of course, to Chairman Mao, Mao Zedong, who inflicted on the innocent, suffering people of China the most horrific cultural revolution in which he decided this leader of China, dictatorial communist leader of China, decided to purge the Chinese population of anyone who disagreed with his thinking, anyone who could possibly be viewed as a threat, any references, cultural, statutory, uh, statuaries, anything that might refer to other cultures, other times, ancient history. It was a, you know, in his worldview, I guess, a purification, but it was a murderous rampage. But the mindset was the idea that when you are the ruling governor, the ruling power, you simply must bring the people into line with everything you think and say. That's the idea of this Maoist thing. So now I want to tell you a story that happened in California. Many of you probably heard about it over the weekend. It got a lot of media. But there was a gentleman who was employed um, uh, working for Facebook, living in San Francisco, named Antonio Garcia Martinez. Antonio Garcia hyphen Martinez. And he moved down. Um, Apple actually invited him down for an interview. And he came down for an interview, came out of the Seattle area uh, where he was living and came down for the interviews in the uh, Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area, and had an interview for a job, a pretty uh, important job. And during the interview, the fact that he had previously written a book uh, came up and there was uh, content of that book that some people thought others might find offensive. And it was, you know, a little bit I heard, it wasn't anything I'd be proud of, but I mean, he wrote about women in San Francisco and referred to women in San Francisco. His commentary about them was uh, just critical, ugly, you know, I can't find the exact words he used at this moment, but his basic point was, you know, they had, he called the women of San Francisco kind of um, ugly and um, uh, let's see, I can't find it. Soft, here it is. He called them soft, weak, cosseted, and naive, despite their claims of worldliness and generally full of the S word. And so, you know, he wrote this pretty ugly thing in a book. And during his interview, as he's down with Apple being interviewed, um, they asked about the book, they discuss it, the company's aware of it, they decide they really want to hire him anyway. So, um, uh, in fact, I'm going to go back and say the book that he wrote was autobiographical about the time he was working for Facebook. So he was working for Facebook. He moves to Seattle. 
He's interviewed now to come back to San Francisco Bay Area to work for Apple. So he gets hired. He's working at Apple. No complaints about his job performance. But some of the people working at Apple, fellow employees, found out what he had written in this book, which, as I say, you know, I wouldn't brag about it. It wasn't nice. But, you know, this is, there's such a thing as, you know, literary license or such a thing as freedom of speech. He hadn't hidden the book. He had disclosed it or they even knew about it in the interview, had the conversation. They decided to hire him. But a group of employees at Apple banded together and circulated a petition, got a bunch of signatures, and demanded that he be fired for a book he wrote in 2015, which was not, by the way, advocating violence, was not advocating the overthrow of America, was not advocating the end of the American system, nothing violent. He spoke in a fairly ugly way about women. And it wasn't even that ugly. It wasn't nice, but it wasn't terrible. The point of the story is that these employees at Apple pushed so hard that the company rather quickly did an about face and fired him because other employees complained about something he wrote in a book six years ago. Now, I don't know this guy, but I, what I, why I want to talk about the story today is, is really illustrative of this very dangerous mindset in America, this very dangerous growing attitude mostly among the left in America that says, if we discover something about you we don't like, something we think we can criticize, something that is inconsistent with the left wing, you know, truth squad that literally tries to dictate to all of America what's true, we can destroy you. We, you will lose your job. The guy hadn't done anything wrong. He's actually apparently uh, contemplating suing Apple because of some statements they made about him uh, that he says are defamatory. But the reason I want to talk to you about that is this. This mindset, these employees at Apple did this in part because this is the mindset that has been cultivated by the left in America's premier universities, in academia, and more broadly in society and left-wing culture, which is you have the right to destroy someone who dares to do something you don't approve of. Not just decide, I'm not sitting with you in the lunchroom. I'm not inviting you to my you know, dinner party I'm having because I don't like things you wrote. They feel entitled to destroy him, to get him fired. And he, as he describes, he moved back to San Francisco Bay Area from Seattle from a home he had built. I mean, he was, he was all settled in. He was fine there. They lured him down, I'm sure, with a really good salary offer. But he's lured down and, and enticed to come down there to come work for the company, did a good job doing what he's hired to do. But these other employees have this growing, and it's a very ugly and very dangerous tendency in American society, which says, you're out of line. You said something that is now offensive to left-wing truth, the truth squads, and so we can take you out. And Apple, having exactly zero backbone, zero spine, zero spine, could have said, for example, you know what, folks, thanks for your, me for your memo, thanks for your petition, thanks for signatures, but actually we run the company, we knew about the book, we decided it was okay, and so thank you very much. Go back to your jet, your desk. Go back to your job. But corporate America has no spine. Corporate America folds instantly when one of these, and I'm using the word Maoist, 
not lightly. This is a very dangerous mindset and is growing in America. Now, I want to tell you another example of this. So this guy may sue um, Apple, but it's for defamation. Um, but I want to tell you another uh, way this is being carried out um, in a moment. But I also want to urge you to read something. There's a woman uh, from China, a Chinese immigrant. Her name is Lily Tang Williams. And she has a column um, in theunionleader.com. Unionleader.com. She has a column where she's basically, she's analogizing what's happening to America's culture, the critical race theory, the cancel culture, the allegations of systemic racism. She's saying these are all the kind of things that Chairman Mao did in China to stir up the people of China, to have them begin to turn on each other and hate on each other and attack each other. She talked about how the whole idea, what Mao tried to do was create a holy war it's her expression, a holy war within the people of, in his, in his cultural revolution to destroy the, and her term is it the four olds, like O-L-D-S, olds, traditional ideas, cultures, habits, and customs, destroy the culture of the Chinese people, destroy their love of their history, destroy their love of the arts, destroy everything that's inconsistent with what Chairman Mao thought his job was. And she's saying, this is what left-wing America is doing to America right now. This is a woman who's from China coming to America saying, wake up America, stop surrendering to the cancel culture, stop surrendering to the systemic racism culture, stop surrendering to the critical race theory people, because the agenda is exactly what Chairman Mao had. Every single iota of opposition to anything the left stands for will not just be silenced by the media, you will be attacked, vilified, and shut down. Now I want to tell you another thing, and, and how this is extremely relevant is, is where we are politically in this country. The Marxist agenda has taken over the American left. We don't have a Main Street, mainstream, Main Street, average Joe, you know, run-of-the-mill Democrat party anymore. We have the Democrat party overrun by Marxism overrun by the same ideology that led what Chairman Mao did, that we are in government to control the people, to control the culture, to control society, to control the economy, to control everything. This is why freedom movements drive leftists nuts. But on to what's happening now in America. You remember when President Trump spoke in his final year in office on July 4th, he spoke at, uh, on July 4th at Mount Rushmore. I sent Matthew, a very wonderful producer, a short clip and asked him to play that, and I'll talk to you about it. We gave the world the poetry of Walt Whitman, the stories of Mark Twain, the songs of Irving Berlin, the voice of Ella Fitzgerald, the style of Frank Sinatra, the comedy of Bob Hope, the power of the Saturn V rocket, the toughness of the Ford F-150, and the awesome might of the American aircraft carriers. Americans must never lose sight of this miraculous story. We should never lose sight of it. Nobody has ever done it like we have done it. So today, under the authority vested in me as President of the United States, 
I am announcing the creation of a new monument to the giants of our past. I am signing an executive order to establish the National Guard of American Heroes, a vast outdoor park that will feature the statues of the greatest Americans to ever live. Okay, so that was President Trump, July 4th, just last year at Mount Rushmore, announcing he was going to create, through executive order, uh, a Garden of American Heroes. And I had to cut off that clip where he spoke maybe three or four or five minutes before where we started listing other American heroes. He listed people of every race, ethnicity, national origin. Of course, he listed Harriet Tubman, many other prominent Americans. And basically, the idea of this garden of uh, Garden of American Heroes was to have a place, an outdoor garden that people could come to and walk through and learn about the beauty of America's history, the breadth, the depth, the talent, the brilliance, the contributions by these people to what America is and the freedom of America's founding as he, he didn't put in exactly these terms, but the whole concept of America's founding and the idea of free people living in freedom with the right to pursue their life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, this led to the ideas of America led to all of these legendary, famous American figures. It was an idea of exalting America's history, honoring America's heroes, and as I say, it had people in every walk of life. As you heard him uh, mention, you had authors and poets. He ha I mean, he listed a whole range of people. Well, President Biden decided through, uh, he has revoked that executive order. He has now rejected the idea of having this Garden of American Heroes. He also, at the same time, President Biden revoked President Trump's executive order that had to do with protecting monuments. Protect, and you know, this was occurring at the time, of course, where Antifa and Black Lives Matter were rampaging around the country, tearing down America's cities, smashing windows, burning cars, killing police officers, and tearing down statues. Not just statues, which they maybe had some I never agree with destroying property, but some of them say, well, this was a Civil War uh, era hero, but he was from the South, he was with the Confederacy, so you know we can't honor him. It started with that. It started with saying, well, everyone should uh, agree that we should at least tear down you know, Robert E. Lee. But it went from there. This destruction of America's statues, destruction of symbols of our history, got to the point where they tore down a beautiful statue in Boston, desecrated and tore down a beautiful statue in Boston, which was of the black Americans who fought in the Revolutionary War. They tore down Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, every conceivable American hero was uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Columbus, who was not American, but a symbol of American's history. The people rampaging against our country over the last four years, claiming it was because of George Floyd, which it was not. It was a Marxist-funded, America-destroying movement, which is why they tore down those statues. It's not because they really took offense at some words or actions by every single person whose statue was destroyed. It was because they were very much like Chairman Mao Zedong 
about the idea of destroying reverence for Americans' history, America's history, destroying reverence for Americans who stood out throughout our history as heroes, as brave and noble. The destroyers of the statues in the, the marches last summer, the destructions, the riots last summer, were doing exactly what Chairman Mao Zedong did to China destroying symbols of our history, symbols that help us bring to us together, symbols of common unity. This is what they were doing. So President Trump issued an executive order. In addition to wanting to build this Garden of American Heroes, he put out an executive order uh, that had to do with protecting monuments. And in part, there was already a federal law that said, you know, you can't just tear down monuments. And, and virtually none of these criminals were prosecuted for this virtually none, they would desecrate them, spray with red paint, or just tear them down, destroy them. Virtually none of them were being prosecuted. So part of President Trump's mission was to say, hey, we're not going to just destroy symbols of American history. The other action that President Biden took very near the beginning, we're still in the beginning of his term, was he revoked, eliminated, disbanded the 1776 Commission. The 1776 Commission, created by President Trump, was all about the idea of responding to the New York Times creation of the 1619 Project, or as I call it, the 1619 We Hate America and You Should Too Project that the New York Times put out. Absolutely the same motive as Mao Zedong, the same motive of tyrants throughout history, which was to destroy among the people a common culture, a love of America, a reverence for our country. The 1619 Project was the New York Times effort to say America didn't really begin in 1776. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't be listening to those time-honored, timeless, lofty, impeccable ideas upon which America was founded and that you can read about in the Declaration of Independence and in the Federalist Papers, in the Constitution. Don't listen to that. Everybody focused on 1619 because that was a the year they had pinpointed as they believe the first year that the slave trade delivered African slaves to America's shores. So the 1619 Project, or the We Hate America and You Should Too New York Times Project, was designed to turn America's attention away from the goodness and greatness of this country and designed not to call attention to the slave trade so you'd understand it better, because that'd be fine. That's a good thing to learn about the slave trade and how it happened and who funded it and who participated. That's fine. But that wasn't the goal of the 1619 Project. The goal was to make American citizens hate America. It was to establish as the bedrock identity of America that America is a country rooted and founded in hatred and evil, inherently racist, inherently unfair, inherently evil. And the entire point of the 1619 Project was to claim that the slave trade carried its way through all the way through American history to today. And all of this time, since 1619, America has been an evil, ugly, racist country. That's what the New York Times is trying to do trying to turn Americans against our own country to convince you to hate your country. So President Trump came along and said, you know what, we're not doing this. We're going with 1776, the real founding of America, put out brilliant, insightful, actually historical truth about America. And among Joe Biden's very first things he did when he took, the Oval, uh, you know, took over the Oval Office, uh, 
was to get rid of that commission, get rid of 1776 commission to say we don't need this. Because in his mindset, in the left-wing mindset, in the Marxist Democrat Party, everything is dedicated to turning America back to 1619 project mentality, back to the idea trying to instill hatred of America among the American people. This is the point of America's left today, to instill hatred among the American people of the idea of America. And the reason they want the American people to hate the idea of America is because they want the American people to submit to the fundamental transformation that Barack Obama hinted about, that he began to carry out, that the left has been carrying out for decades while too many of us were asleep at the wheel. The American left has been all about the slow Marxist takeover of America. The long walk through the institutions. The determination to destroy the, the love of America, starting out in academia in the 1920s, filling the universities and colleges around our country with America-hating Marxist, socialist, communists, filling America's institutions with that, and then filling America's public schools, K through 12 and beyond, with this hate America, this slow, subtle, turning the American people against the ideas of the founding of America, because the left is not supportive of, does not believe in, does not embrace those founding ideas. Today's Democrat Party is the Marxist Party of America, and they are very determined to continue the slow march through the institutions, the slow determination to inflict on America, to convince America to hate their country, to hate the ideas of America, because this makes it easier and easier for them to bring about the globalist Marxist government that they have wanted for decades. And so I talked about Chairman Mao and, and the Maoist you know, attack on America. What Joe Biden is telling you by the things I just told you, when you get rid of the 1776 commission and you get rid of this Garden for, Amer for American Heroes, Garden of American Heroes, and the executive order protecting monuments. Biden, despite his grandfatherly, good old Joe, kind of a doof, kind of a, you know, uh, kind of a can't be serious, uh, you know, ki kind of a, just a grandfatherly, simple-minded guy, that's not who he is. He has, to the degree he's mentally capable of doing it, he has bought into the Marxist agenda, or at the very least, he's utterly submissive to it. So the real people running the American left today, whether it's Barack Obama, Valerie Jarrett, George Soros, some combination, those people really running the White House, they are pulling the strings, and Joe Biden is just marching right along however he's told to march. And what they are doing, you need to be able to gather the correct conclusion from what they're doing. When you eviscerate the 1776 commission and you want to get rid of the garden of heroes and you want to revoke an executive order protecting our history, you are saying you're right along the path of what so many Americans are trying to warn America about. We are in the middle of watching a Marxist revolution overtake our country. And so we who do see it, who recognize it, who love this country, we need to be on guard, standing back, fight on every issue, expose this, talk to people about this, help your friends who maybe voted for Biden because he seemed like such a nice, grandfatherly, harmless goofball, point out he is enabling this Marxist agenda. He's enabling it.
and he's following it and he's inflicting it on us and america does not deserve this america the country america the founding ideas of america deserve to be protected by every living american who can understand what's happening america the great is going to only be america the strong america the free america the leader of the world and freedom america that produced all those great heroes that president trump was talking about in his july 4th speech that america the real America will only be in place, only remain intact if every patriot understands what's happening and speaks up and stands up for the right idea of America. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, so I want to talk about two other great stories. Military warns American Space Force out. I just want to tell you, there's a guy um, who was head of the Space Force. Um, he was a Space Force commander. His name is Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer. And he, you know, we have a Space Force now. It's kind of cool. Uh, I'm actually surprised Biden hasn't canceled it. Maybe he will. But anyway, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer uh, wrote a book. He wrote a book called Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. Okay, the title is already, you got to love the book, right? So the guy is the head of the Space Force, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer. And he wrote this book, Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmasking of the American Military. So he has an interview on Steve Gruber's show. Uh, and so I want to ask Matt, and you know what I didn't have, I sent him the link to it. Um, you just have to listen to it. I don't think we have a, a, uh, anything to put up on the screen. But in any case, he's interviewing Gruber's show. And I want you to hear what he had to say on Steve Gruber's show. The reason that I wrote the book... Uh, is because since taking command as a commander about 10 months ago, uh, I saw what I consider fundamentally incompatible and competing narratives of what America was, is, and should be. Uh, that wasn't just prolific in social media uh, or spreading throughout the country uh, during this past year, but it was uh, spreading throughout the United States military. And I had recognized uh, those narratives as being Marxist in nature, and so it was important to me to begin to write a book. Uh, it was convenient for me to rely on some of the historical writings of Mao's Cultural Revolution from 1966, uh, because what we saw taking place in the country and uh, military, frankly, uh, during this past year especially, was reminiscent of Mao's Cultural Revolution, uh, where you had to go a certain party line, uh, revoke uh, certain beliefs or be unwilling to share them publicly, one of the things I do in my book, I start by uh, describing uh, those incompatible narratives. I start with the New York Times 1619 project in the first chapter of my book, which is anti-American. Uh, it denies America's founding philosophy and insists that the whole purpose for the founding of the country <clears throat> was to institute slavery, for example. Uh, it teaches, uh, and it's a teaching that I heard at my base, that at the time, the country ratified the United States Constitution, it codified white supremacy as the law of the land. If you want to disagree with that, then you start to label all manner of things, including racist at the moment, which is a product of critical race theory, which is steep uh, in Marxism. Okay, folks, I have to tell you, um, even 10 years ago, if somebody who is in any aspect of the US military made those kind of statements that he was warning America about Marxist 
ideology, Marxist conduct, he, he refers to Mao. If this had happened 10 years ago, he'd be up for an accommodation. He would be lauded. The military would be stepping up saying, thank you for speaking up because we cannot have Marxism in America's military. We would have known that what he was saying was vitally important to understand and was a dangerous sign about America's military and we would have defended him. So what happened to him? That guy you just heard? Because of that interview you just heard? He was relieved of his command. Relieved, fired, and use another word, fired, because he's pointing out that the military has been infested with Marxist ideology. Fired. And I wanted to talk about this. We talked, in fact, if you were on this or part of our show, uh, we had a gentleman named Aaron Wrights. Actually, he's on the Thursday Members Only show, but Aaron Wrights joined us a few weeks ago on the Thursday Member Show. He's a Texas um, attorney general, a deputy attorney general, and he'd written a, a column in Newsweek where he was talking about all of this uh, social justice warrior, uh, critical race theory stuff in, in being infused into the military. And he is a, um, a National Guard, and so he's a, he goes once a month or something and goes for training. So he went for his usual monthly training, and instead of, you know, as he says, you know, uh, weapons check, physical fitness, uh, strategy, they spent the day on critical race theory and social justice warrior stuff. And he's saying, we're, we're destroying our military by doing this. What this guy is t saying is, I'm seeing America's military infested with Marxist ideas, Marxist teaching, and it has no place in America's military. But instead of having what you think would be the answer of US military, well, then, you know, thank God you spoke up. Let's, let's root out this garbage, which has no place in America's military. He's relieved of his command. He's out. Okay, on top of that, I wanna mention that um, there was a letter uh, written to the, um, to, uh, I guess, to, uh, open letter from retired generals and admirals. And this was, I, I can't tell you how important I think this is to read this letter. If you go on our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, we link to this letter, open letter from retired generals and admirals. And I'm going to just read a tiny portion of it, and then I want to tell you why it's so important. It begins by saying, our nation is in deep peril. We are in a fight for our survival as a constitutional republic like no other time since our founding in 1776. The conflict is between supporters of socialism and Marxism versus supporters of constitutional freedom and liberty. And I'm gonna tell you, I mean, it is brilliant. It runs through, it's signed by 120, I think 127 now, I think various military people signed this but what they're saying is our very existence as a country is in peril because of the ideology of the left the ideology of marxism and socialism which is not you know just some radical five percent of the loopy you know college professors the loopy college professors 
and the academia they have infested and the millions of students they have taught and the millions of Americans coming up through our public school system and the infusion into what was formerly a patriotic political part of the Democrat Party, all of that has resulted in the normalization, legitimization of Marxism and socialism as though they have some place in America and they make the point what their agenda is, is utterly contrary, utterly contrary to the idea of America, the idea of a constitutional free, uh, uh, support, a constitutional uh, freedom and liberty America. So they did this open letter and they run through a series of very specific examples. And again, these are not policy differences like, you know, should we have withdrawn troops from this area on this date versus that date? Or how many troops should we have left in place? Or, you know, even, you know, even it's not policy, policy, policy. It's a big picture. Are we going to have America anymore? And they talk about things like uh, the full-blown assault on our constitutional rights in a dictatorial manner by this current president, bypassing the Constitution. Uh, they're talking about excessive lockdowns over COVID, excessive lockdowns, censorship of verbal, written and verbal expression are all direct assaults on our fundamental rights. We must support and hold accountable politicians so anyway, they, they go on and on talking about how they've got to be able to hold politicians accountable who are, who are enabling this or allowing this to happen. They give us examples of just the loss of the country, the loss of America the free, uh, open borders, jeopardizing national security. We must reestablish border controls, continue building the wall. China is the greatest external threat to America. So establishing cooperative relations with the Chinese Communist Party just emboldens them, as they say. Re-engage, and they also talk about, which is going to tie in for our last topic for today, re-engaging in the flawed Iran nuclear deal. And people, these are not policy X versus policy Y. These are America the free, the strong, the constitutional republic with democratic elections or America the Marxist society where freedom is gone, where government controls your life, where the government's intentions are to make sure that the international global community likes us and not the intention to protect the freedoms of the American people. They run through the use of the US military, the Keystone pipeline, the rule of law being eviscerated. And the thing I want to say about this letter, I really urge you to read the whole, it's not that long, it's two and a half pages or something. You, it's not that long to read. But the other point, you know, my husband was talking to one of his good friends who went to the Naval Academy and is a total, you know, conservative. And this Naval Academy friend of his, very successful guy in business, said, these kind of military officials, these kind of people, conservatives, they rarely engage in something like this, a public rebuke of the commander in chief. They rarely do because they have, even though they're out of the military, a sense of loyalty to the structure of the military, to the commander in chief. So they're doing this because they are deeply, 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 deeply concerned. And one other point, and this last point in this one, this topic is, you know, um, Right now, people are concerned about the military. I mentioned Aaron Wrights. I mentioned these. That this open letter is talking about much of the uh, just 
evisceration of the strength of the American military and spending, you know, having a stand down on the American military. So we're going to sit around and talk about inclusion and all these other left-wing social justice things in the military, just absurd stuff they're doing. But I want to point out that President Obama, and I know we've talked about this in the show before, and I may sometime do a segment trying to give you more information about it. But under President Obama was the first time there was a very overt, almost acknowledged removal of the highest levels of people in the American military who were conservative, the pro-America thinker, the pro-America, strong America, strong military, America the great, those kind of high level military people were slowly pushed out in, in serious numbers under the Obama administration. It was a political purge, a political cleansing. People who love the idea of America, who know a strong military is vital in order to defend this country. Obama went after them in his eight years in office. He went after them. So you have the high levels of the military, many serious conservatives purged and removed. And then you have, as Aaron Rice was talking to us about a few weeks ago in the Members Only Show, the idea that you know the military is filled, obviously, with Americans. So the younger generation of Americans joining the military now have come up through our public schools, come up through education priorities that literally were shaped and molded by the leftist ideology that is trying to instill hatred of America and hatred of freedom. So naturally, we always think of, or at least I always think of the military as strong, you know, patriotic, love America, understand the unique greatness of America, understand defending the Constitution, understanding defending freedom, understand we have to have a secure border, understanding a strong military keeps America safe. You assume people in the military believe all these things, but then the military is filled with many people, but a, some segment of which have been manipulated or just uh, propagandized by America's public schools into a skewed and unfortunate and an unhealthy view of what America is. If you think America is, as a 1619 project tried to paint, an evil at its core racist country with evil founders and nothing good about it and nothing good about its history, you're going to have a different mindset when you enter the military than if you enter the military having been taught the truth about America. And this is among the challenges that we face in America is being unsure where the military will come out, what the military will stand up for, what the military will even understand as a threat to America. So. Well, we're going to do some more shows coming up in the future about the military and have more and more people talk about these kinds of issues. But it, it cannot be understated the importance of what uh, what Biden, uh, excuse me, what Obama did to the military. And then again, and actually the same conversation, by the way, is happening in France. Former French military people are saying, what's happened to our military? What, I, I mean, we're, we're lost here. You have military people very, very, very concerned in France, as well as in America, about losing the country itself. It goes back to uh, many of the topics we talk about in the show, but in great part, it goes back to the notion of, do you believe in, in America, do you believe in the foundational ideas of America? Do you understand they are unique, extraordinary, and great, and must be upheld? And that 
Socialism, Marxism, Communism have no place in America. Do you understand that? Do you understand the motive of people like who put together the 1619 Project for the New York Times? Their motive is not to inform. Their motive is not to enlighten. Their motive is not to create more and better understanding among various groups in society. It is to instill division in society, disrespect among various groups in society, suspicion and disdain among various groups, and ultimately to crush out the spirit of loving America. No one is ever claiming America is perfect. No one is claiming any country's history is perfect. But America is a unique and extraordinary experiment in human liberty. It has been since its founding. And the forces working to destroy it today, which include the New York Times 1619 Project and Antifa and Black Lives Matter and a whole bunch of other radical Marxist organizations are working away at people's love of America using various arguments, trying to entice enough Americans to say, okay, maybe I was wrong all this time. Maybe America isn't so great. Maybe it is time we try globalism and socialism. Maybe it is time we let the government control more about our lives and our speech and our education and where we live and where, what kind of cars we can drive and what we do for a living. Maybe the experiment in liberty wasn't a good idea after all and what we ought to do is just submit to the left. This is the agenda of the left and we're right in the middle of it. And I earnestly, deeply hope that each one of you listening thinks about these ideas and recognizes ways in which the, the subtlety of the American left trying to infect the American culture, the liberty-loving culture of America. I still believe, and I'll tell you, I don't think America is even a 50-50 country. I think America is about a 70-30 country, meaning I think 70% of Americans strongly, deeply love this country. They love freedom. They want free markets. They want a strong military. They want a border enforced. They believe in the goodness of America. But the 30% that is hell-bent on destroying this country, they have the mouthpiece of the media. They basically own almost all media. They own Hollywood. They own academia. And sadly, at this time in American history, they own the American government. That's where we are in America today. And so I strongly urge you to recognize the ways in which there's so many pressures on, this, on Americans to gin up in them a disdain for America. And we have to fight back. We have to share truth. We have to share facts. We have to fight back at every level all the time. One more topic for today. Uh, and that has to do with happening in Israel. And I got to tell you, folks, we could have talked about Israel the whole show. And, and I... I have had in the show. Actually, I'll tell you, if you're a relatively new listener, I did this show one time from Israel. Um, we, my husband has a business um, partner in Israel, so he's very engaged in Israel. Um, and, uh, and, and it's a, a great thing because you know, we are deeply Christian. Uh, his Israeli business partner is Jewish. And we just have a great relationship with him and, and, and many people in Israel. Um, which I, I just think is such a, Israel is so much like America. If you haven't been there, I cannot urge you strong enough to try to go. Israel is like America. It's a country that where the people are just, they have a, a, dem, a, a, they don't have our system of government precisely, but they have democratic elections. They have equal rights for all. They have, their Congress is called Knesset. They actually have 
Arab Muslim members of the Knesset. You hear people talk about Israel and the people who hate Israel so much end up talking about it as though Israel is a country that only has, you know, only the Jewish people uh, have any power at all. That is so untrue. It's complete farce, but, the, you know, left makes up a lot of stuff. Anyway, so right now we're in the middle of it. Uh, there is, a, again, a fighting between um, Israel and Hamas. And I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I, we could go many ways, now, but I want to talk to you about how I see this issue. And I did not... Um, I did not print out, I don't have for Matt the Wonderful, there was a tweet that Bernie Sanders put out. And Bernie Sanders and most leftists, every time trouble stirred up between Israel and this time it's between Hamas, that is that basically occupies the Gaza Strip, controls the Gaza Strip. So you have Hamas bombing Israel and Israel fighting back. That, that's the quick summary of it. And so Part of what you hear out of people like Bernie Sanders is the poor Palestinian people, that they are, they're being attacked, we've had children killed, this is horrible, we have to rein in Israel, we have to stop helping them, because look what Israel is doing. I want to put, I, I mean this language, a litmus test for integrity. Let me just say this in a few simple bullet points. Hamas is an Islamic jihadist terror organization. Islam itself teaches in the Quran that Jews are to be killed, exterminated, and hated. The Quran itself, the teachings of Islam, teach Islam to include, say, and, and Muhammad himself, the founder of Islam, had many statements about hating Jews, about the duty of a loyal Muslim is to locate Jews who are hiding and kill them. This is in the Quran. I am not saying all Muslims follow those teachings. I am saying that is what is taught in the holy book of Islam, the Quran. The Islamic jihadists of today are on a mission to destroy Israel, to kill all Jews and to destroy the state of Israel. They feel, Islamic jihadists do, it is their duty, their religious duty, their obligation they must do this to be loyal and good Muslims. This is what Islamic jihadists think. So Hamas is an Islamic jihadist organization funded by Iran, the country of Iran. Iran funds Hamas and all the money America sends over under, under President Trump, under President um, Obama, we sent over money under Obama to Iran in the ridiculous Iran deal, that money is instantly turned by the Iranian mullahs, who are jihadists, over to Hamas and other terror organizations, so they will continue inflicting terror on the Jewish state, on Jewish people, and on other enemies. So you have Hamas, who is firmly implanted in Gaza, endlessly shooting rockets over into Israel, targeting civilian neighborhoods, targeting schools, neighborhoods, families. So Hamas does this because this is what Islamic jihadists do. They try to kill Jewish people and try to end the country of Israel. So you have Hamas sending rockets over, Israel defending itself and fighting back, and this time pushing back more and more into the Gaza Strip. Yes, there are innocent Palestinian people living in the Gaza Strip who are being harmed in all this fighting. 
but the person, the entity that is harming the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip is Hamas. It is the Islamic Jihadists. Israel would not be bombing Gaza Strip, except that Hamas keeps bombing Israel. The battle is not the Palestinians versus Israel. It's Hamas versus Israel. And it's Hamas funded by the Iranians, which in turn was funded by President Barack Obama and sending all that money over to the Iranian and mullahs. Hamas is funded. They buy more bombs, more weapons. In fact, you just had the Iranians announce in 2019 a massive increase in the amount of money and military might they were going and weapons they were going to give to Hamas. So Hamas is, is bombing Israel and Israel doesn't have to take it. They just don't have to take it. So they're fighting back. And they're, so one thing I sent Matt the Wonderful, this is a kind of a funny thing. Uh, Babylon B, which is a really, really great, um, you know, just a spoof website. Uh, so Iran has, I mean, excuse me, Israel has the Iron Dome, a brilliant creation. So Israel has the Iron Dome, which is just basically a big defensive uh, piece of equipment that stops most of Hamas's rockets as they're coming into Israel. So Matt the Wonderful has a, a little slide to show you. I want to leave it up and just tell you what it's saying. Very funny. So it says, media condemns Israel for unprovoked attack on innocent Hamas rockets. Again, this is coming from Babylon B, which is a, a spoof website. They have brilliant, brilliant spoofs. But the point is, this is kind of the picture of it. You have the... Um, at the bottom, you can see the, it's a, the caption from CNN, Israel attacks innocent Hamas rockets. That's obviously a spoof caption. It's not really a CNN's caption. But the point is, that's a picture of how it works. Hamas keeps trying to send over rockets and bombs to hurt and kill innocent, American, innocent Israeli citizens. And Israel has the Iron Dome and knocks them down. So, but back to, and back to my, this is why I'm going to tell you why I call this the integrity test. Because every time... You hear Bernie Sanders and AOC and other leftists complaining about Israel. They never acknowledge that the reason Israel is sending bombs and now troops close to the border and they're pushing into Gaza. And Netanyahu, by the way, has said, if we push into Gaza this time, we're not giving the territory back. We're done being bombed all the time. But back to the situation, you don't hear Bernie Sanders say, you know what? If we Democrats in the idiotic Iranian deal had not given Iran so much more money, maybe Hamas wouldn't be so well-funded and well-armed. Maybe Hamas would be unwilling or less willing to keep attacking Israel. You have to understand this circle. The left, Barack Obama, created the Iranian deal, which was a farce by itself, the JCPOA, a farce that did not in the slightest, in the slightest, prevent Iran from developing nuclear weapons. That was just a cover. The deal itself said that, oh yeah, Iran's going to stop uh, developing nuclear weapons, but they carved out certain areas where the inspectors were not allowed to go. And those areas are where everyone already knew Iran is developing nuclear weapons. It was the most idiotic farce. So you have you have Obama makes a deal with Biden as his vice president, makes a deal so Iran is now getting funded. We sent billions, you know, pallets of money, deep, dark at night, pallets of money flying over to Iran. 
who's obviously using the money, announced recently, again, they're going to give more money to Hamas. So you have Iran funding Hamas. Hamas goes, uh, is, is embedded in Gaza. Hamas is using the money, as any Islamic jihadist would, to try to destroy, destroy Israel. And then Bernie Sanders and AOC get on the floor of the Senate and the House, respectively, to complain that Israel is fighting back. There are only two reasons you would defend or you would blame Israel and claim Israel somehow the problem here because Israel is, is you know, fighting back against being bombed. You're either ignorant and you don't understand that your party, your Democrat party, gave billions to Iran, who turned around and gave it to Hamas, who's now using the weapons they've gotten from Iran and the money to attack and kill innocent Israeli citizens. You're either ignorant and you don't know that, in which you should learn the facts, or you're evil. You do understand, and you're really on the side. You're kind of okay with the destruction of Israel. Everyone paying attention and being honest understands that the battle is not the Palestinian people versus Israel. The poor Palestinian people have very little say in what happens there. They have Hamas that's taken over. They have, and, I, and we can go into it another day, can't do it today, but the, the Palestinian people had very little choice in their most recent elections. They ended up with a leader that supports Hamas but the point of it is they didn't have a reasonable alternative. So if you are concerned about the Palestinians and you feel bad for them because they're being bombed by Israel, then attack Hamas, attack Iran, attack the Iranian deal. Point out, if we stop giving money to these crazy lunatic Islamic jihadist governments like in Iran, then maybe there'll be more peace around this world. It is either, as they say, you're ignorant, you don't understand about the money and where it's all coming from, or worse, you're evil and you're really okay with having Hamas and other Islamic jihadist terror organizations endlessly attacking Israel. It, it couldn't be more important. And to me, it's a litmus test. Do you have any clue what's happening in the world? These people who say, I just feel so sorry for the poor Palestinians. I mean, most people are ignorant. I do feel sorry for the innocent Palestinians. And I feel equally sorry for the innocent Israelis who are just trying to live their lives without having bombs flying over into their country every day from Hamas in the Gaza Strip. I feel sorry for innocent civilians everywhere, but to get to a solution, you have to be honest about what the problem is. The problem is Hamas does not think that Israel has the right to exist. And Hamas does not think that Jews have the right to live. And therefore, they will attack Israel unless we make it too hard on them to stop. And Israel is not going to let these attacks continue. They're not going to surrender their country. They're not going to give in to Hamas. They're not going to give in to this pressure from the world to say, okay, okay, everyone's mad at us for defending ourselves, so we'll just shut down and not defend ourselves, and we'll let Hamas just bomb us to oblivion. Israel's not going to say that, and they shouldn't. No country in the world would. And by that time, folks, and I, I'm going to hit this Israel story some more because it matters so much for people to get the story straight. But in any case, at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our day today, Maoist Mindset Running America. Apple hires former high-level Facebook executive with full knowledge of his public, is actually a book hero, public post, generically criticizing weak Bay Area women. 
Apple employees start a cancel campaign against the executive. Apple fires the executive because they are spineless and they're letting themselves be run by their staff. Biden revokes a Trump order on protecting U.S. monuments, cancels the Garden of Heroes and the 1776 Commission. So it's okay with the Biden administration to tear down U.S. monuments to U.S. heroes. That's what Biden is saying is okay. Read and listen to China refugee immigrant Lily Tang Williams. This is Maoism. Rulers define approved truth. Dissent is not permitted. Dissenters are banned from working and eventually sent to re-education camps or killed, which is what happened in China. Americans are waking up. They will not accept this destruction of their country. And the military warns America, um, yeah, military warns America, Space Force shakeup. Open letter signed by 120 U.S. military flag officers warning that America is in peril. That is their language, not mine, in peril. Such letters have been more common in recent years from left-wing military people. Such letters are rare from conservative patriot military leaders. Open letter is not about traditional partisan politics. It's about freedom versus Marxism. Detailed, comprehensive, compelling. You must read it yourself. The first U.S. Space Force commander demoted because of warning of Marxism in the military. Americans are waking up. America is in the midst of a Marxist revolution. The Marxist revolution must be decisively defeated if American freedom is to survive. And finally, Israel and Israel litmus test for integrity. Hamas is a known terrorist organization funded by Iran. Hamas rocket attacks against Israel are intended to kill innocent civilians. Hamas, Iran, seek the destruction of the state of Israel and the killing of all Jews. It's what Islamic jihadists do. This is not a battle between moral equivalents. Hamas seeks the elimination of Israel. The Israelis seek to live. There is no middle ground. Israel is morally right to act forcefully to defend itself and stop the attacks. Biden's overtures to Iran, reinstating the JCPOA as the Iranian deal, he is greenlighting Iran-Hamas rocket attacks. Very important to understand. Biden ought to be reaching out to Iran and saying, call Hamas off or there's no Iranian deal coming. But he can't do that because he supports going after JCPOA and does not really care that much what's happening to Israel. And finally, public officials asserting moral equivalence between Hamas and Israel are ignorant or else they are evil. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can you America Can We Talk, truth about America. Can you